When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News, is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians. The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Jizza of the Wu-Tang Clan performs live tonight and tomorrow at the City Winery in Washington, D.C. I spoke to the hip-hop great about his prolific run from his solo work on Liquid Swords to his iconic rap group that proved Wu-Tang is forever. Is this Jason? Hey, is this Jizza? It is. What's up, man? Hey, thanks so much for doing this. I know you're busy guys. I really appreciate you calling in. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Well, we're talking because you are coming to the City Winery in D.C. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so uh, what what have we got? Is this going to be like a Wu-Tang Greatest Hits or is there a new stuff you're trying out or a little of both? I've mostly, I've been doing a, a, a mostly Liquid Sword with, with the band. And then a couple of other songs off my other stuff, and then some Wolf songs. So it'll be a combination of, of Liquid Swords and then other songs off other projects and some Wolf stuff. But uh, yeah, that's Gosh, how I, we're gonna rock it out. Do you have any stories before, like growing up? I know you're born in Brooklyn in like '66, but like what what was RZA like and yourself? And, and well, I guess ODB too, because he was your other cousin. But like, could you tell that they, that the three of you guys would, would end up doing the rap thing? Well, we grew up with, with from families that always partied, so we were always singing and dancing. <laughs> and um, for myself, you know, RZA kind of followed me with with several things, as far as emceeing and uh, you know getting the knowledge of stuff. Because I was I'm a little older than him, so you know how you look up to older relatives. You know, they yeah, yeah. a few years, and I'm like three and a half, three years older than him and Dirty. But, um, you know, so when I was introduced to hip hop, I was about 10 or 11. So he must have been about eight at the time. So we, we were both very young. He was much younger. And, um, you know, at the age of nine and 10, uh, my mother used to have these encyclopedia books. You know, you know the books that used to come. Oh yeah, you had, you had to get a, the whole set you know, from like you know, a door like door to door salesman. <laughs> yes. So she had all these hard they were hard cover books and the ones that I, I gravitated to because a lot of them was uh, children books or I thought they were but so the ones I, I gravitated to were the um the the one that had the nursery rhymes in it. 
<laughs> and I would read these nursery rhymes and note them back and forth and then switch them around. So it was, I kind of had a knack for it by the time I was introduced to hip hop, because that's what uh, some of the older artists used to do back in the day is they'll take, it's like on Run DMC, Peter Piper, you know, they'd be like, uh, King Midas, uh, and I was told everything that he touched turned to gold. So they was, they was taking certain nursery rhymes and flipping them. Old King Cole was a merry old soul and a merry old soul. You know, we used to do that. Right, right. But I, I knew I knew a lot of these these nursery rhymes by heart because I used to read them all the time. So that kind of like, uh, it, I wouldn't say it gave me an advantage because hip hop was so fresh and young when I was introduced to it. It was only about four years old then but it was something i was already doing i was doing i was doing the nursery rhymes you know little boy blow blow your horn little blow peak and you know i i knew most of those by heart so by the time i was introduced to hip-hop and dudes started doing it on the mic i started formulating my own rhymes but i knew you know that was going to be my calling you know and i guess rizzo felt the same because we were we were hip-hop junkies you know yeah. we were learning everything we can learn we, we love it i had no idea it started with nursery rhymes it's never <laughs> that, that uh jack and joe went up the hill to get the money dollar dollar bills y'all i didn't know that that inspired that <laughs> well tell me oh, about yeah it was one song where because every all the mcs will take certain nursery rhymes and flip them in their own way but it was one rhyme where they used to say jack and jill went up the hill to have a little fun Stupid Jill forgot the pill and now she's got a son. So oh like, my God. That was one of the rhymes. They used to flip it around. Tell me how uh, you actually formed Wu Tang. I mean, it was it was your cousins, right? RZA and, and ODB are your cousins, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. Well, uh, you know, it was RZA's idea. It was RZA's idea. You know, sometimes there's a dispute uh, with other clan members or who started using the slang Wu-Tang and who started it first. I heard him and several members go back and forth with him, a few, one or two. But uh, it was RZA's idea to form this group. You know, it was his idea to, to put Wu-Tang together, grab us all, you know, get dirty, get myself, because our first attempts had failed. I, you know, I had an album deal. He had a solo deal with Tommy Boy. I was on Cold Chillin Records. And that didn't work out for us, although it was greatly appreciated, you know, uh, even to this day, you know, it was the first deal I ever got. Somebody had faith and, and trust in me, you know, enough to give me a deal. So, you know, I'm still greatly appreciative for that. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, RZA had the idea since uh, our earlier projects didn't work, didn't turn out right. He decided to go get some of the dudes that was already making demos with him, Raekwon, Meth, you know, Dad, they were all MC. So he decided, and Ritter was mostly in Staten Island, even though he was originally from Brooklyn. He decided to go grab up those dudes, and from the Brooklyn side was myself, Cello, and, and Dirty. And, right, right. And protect your neck, and, and then, you know, it is what it is. I want to know about that first album then. So Enter the Wu-Tang and 36 Chambers and I guess what, 93. Uh, tell me about recording uh, Cream, yeah. uh, Cash Rules Everything Around Me. I guess it was a sample of a Charmel song, right? Um, yeah, but, well, I wasn't uh, on that song and, and, and I know uh, there's been uh, several books or articles written and I've been asked and I, I can't remember 
because I've been asked several times. So what was it like recording Cream? I I, I don't even remember. Well, how about your contribution? How about your contributions to that first album then? Well, Clan in the Front, uh, I remember doing that. I, I recorded that in Staten Island. Most of the stuff was recorded in Staten Island in a place Rizzo was living in. I remember doing Clan in the Front. I remember uh, when when it was just a demo, the Clan, we were going to Jones Beach to uh, do a concert. It was early, well, maybe like early 93. And I remember them playing Clan in the Front and then Sweet Sugar Pie from ODB, the slow song he's singing on. Mm-hmm. And they kept playing those songs back to back. Those were the, the latest recordings we had. And they kept playing Dirties and they kept playing Clan in the Front. So it was going from really, really slow to up tempo. Uh, mostly what I remember, like I can't pinpoint several songs or, what, or, or how I can't be, got on this song or why I was on that song. But I re- from what I remember about 36 Chainless, it was uh, the vibe was really good. The energy was great. There was so much love with all us brothers because we were just starting off, really. And uh, I just remember uh, a lot of fish sandwiches. Fish sandwiches? And, and <laughs> from, yeah, from the deli and fries because uh, – uh, at that time, I was still eating uh, chicken, beef, and turkey, but we we weren't eating. I mean, chicken, turkey, and fish. But at that time, some of us weren't eating. I, like, I wasn't eating beef at all, pork, or none of that. You know, that was cut out. But I remember because it was a lot of late nights in the studio, and it was a 24-hour Burger King or McDonald's, and we used to get fish sandwiches from there and fries. <laughs> You know, in 40 ounces and a lot of a lot of weed smoking. Late night yeah. fish sandwiches. What was it? Rakim said fish is his favorite dish, so it works out. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah. So, <laughs> so tell me about the second album then. Cause so you're if you're you know that first one, uh, 36 Chambers, you 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 know, you guys are just scraping by. You, you know, you're you're not you know famous yet. Right. But after after that first one, you're you know, you're made men in a way. So at that second one, Wu Tang Forever oh. gets nominated for best rap album at the Grammys. But how do you think uh that since since you're in round two, album two, do you, do you think you guys were more evolved, more polished by that point? I I think so. We were a little more evolved. It was just a few years later, but we were growing and evolving in between the two. And uh uh I mean, I think as as men, yeah, we were definitely evolving into grown, mature men, and and and, and um, you know, you get older, you get a little wiser. Uh, I don't, I don't think a lot of the content changed as far as what each member's style was about and how they delivered. I don't, I don't think much of much of that has changed by the time we did. Will take forever, but the, the fire was still there. The chemistry was still there. I do want to ask about the W because again, that was formative. That's like my high school years, especially Gravel Pit, catchy beat, protect your net, right. the jump off. I mean, that Gravel Pit's. I can still hear that looping in my head. But uh, memories of of just putting yeah. that album together. Um, I, from what I remember from working on an album, it was just a great time in L.A. We spent a lot of time in, in, in this house. Uh, on Mahala Drive, and it was a lot of chess playing, a lot of weed smoking during the day, a lot of uh, writing rhymes, and then in the evening, it was just in the studio. That's what I remember a lot from uh, the W. You said chess yeah. playing and smoking weed? Chess playing chess in playing. the day, uh, playing cards, 
spades, blackjack or whatever, and um, the studio at night until the wee hours in the morning. What was it like to break off solo and, and do Liquid Swords? Right from the beginning with the, the intro about the Shogun, the, the, from I guess it was from that martial yeah. arts, like the Shogun Assassin. Um, and Shadow Boxing was yeah. on there too with Method Man. I mean, what was it like to break off solo after being with Wu-Tang? Um, I mean, it, it was a great feeling because Liquid Swords wasn't my first solo album. So it was kind of like me striking back because of my prior situation from the other label before Wu-Tang you know, where I didn't get the support and I didn't get the, uh, you know, the support I needed from that label that I, I was on. So by Wu-Tang coming out, protect your neck, you know, that was one way of striking back. And then, you know, a year after that, you know, some of us started getting solo deals. So it was, it was a great feeling. It felt good to go back in and do another solo album that, that got the support, that got the help, that got all the promotion that it needed and it put me in, in the place, you know, put me in a different space. So it was really, really fun. It was a great feeling. Stay tuned for the rest of my conversation with Jizza, but first a message from a fellow WTOP podcast. DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians. The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Welcome back to Beyond the Fame with the rest of my conversation with Jizza of the Wu-Tang Clan. You've always seemed to be sort of like a, you know, with, with the Shogun stuff, a, a martial arts uh, sort of movie buff. Uh, is, is, have you always dug that genre of movies? Of course. I mean, it started for us, especially myself. I mean, it started as a child. We all were, were all, I, I don't know anyone that I grew up with as a friend or family member, cousin, or whatever, who who weren't inspired by Bruce Lee movies. So it started with us. It started with him for us, with Bruce Lee. And then, uh, you know, as we got a little older, you know, you had you had others coming out, Jackie Chan, Jet Li. It's, it's time went on and on. But it started with us and Bruce Lee. I mean, even when he was on his Cato on Batman, he was our hero, and he used to beat up everyone. But he was he was the protector of the innocent. You know, it wasn't like he was running around starting trouble. He was always defending something in the majority of his movies. And that's how it started for us. Now, as we got older, as teenagers, we used to go to uh, 42nd Street Times Square, where we used to watch, I think, three movies for four hours. Or we'd be in there for six hours, cutting school or whatever. <laughs> Can you imagine watching six six hours of Kung Fu in a small, tight cramp. Because by this time, what they did in Times Square, I, you know, when I was younger, when I, when I went to see Jaws, I might have been seven or eight when, right. I, when that movie came out. But the theater held about 1,500 people. <laughs> so what they did with these theaters, they'll take one theater and they'll split it and they'll make four small, narrow ones out of it. Right. And that's where we used to watch those Kung Fu flicks from the 80s. And we watched them a lot. And we imitate the style. And But I never actually studied. Like Rizzo, Rizzo may be one that's more into it. You can tell you about the tiger fish, where it came from, the lotus claw. The, the, you know, with this, because he, he, I may have watched 
these movies once or twice, but he, he watched them dozens of times. <laughs> I mean, he was that much, he was that much involved that, I, you know, I was more involved on watching it and then learning, you know, several things I didn't learn when I was younger as far as the story, because now as you get older, you follow the story, you see, you know, what, but it's about it's about the brotherhood, about the love, about the discipline. About it's not just the fighting. For us, when we were young, it was just the fighting. And as we got older, you get more into the story. But uh, I mean, Rizzo was totally into it. He, he, I mean, if you ask him about a certain flick, he could probably tell you what minute and second that part happened in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm- I'm with I'm with you, man. When you're young, it's all about the the fighting and the kicks and the punches. But when you're older, you're like you're you're like, damn, the the big mirror mirror reflections at the end of Enter the Dragon is badass. So like you appreciate the directing and the story and stuff a little more when you get older. Right. Uh, yes, exactly. But um, but cool, cool. Well, I mean, you I, know, as you get older, you see things you don't see when you're younger. You know. Oh yeah. Well, I I would hope so because we're always you know growing and learning. If we if we saw everything like yeah, like a kid, then yeah, exactly. Just I mean, as, some people still do. Some some guys get older and still think like children. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and still can't and still look at things like that they like they children. Right, you know, right. So happens. Some grow and develop, and then some don't. So they stop. Right. I I guess it kind of can cut both ways. Like we should always be growing and maturing, but at the same there there I guess there is some stuff of, you know, the innocence of being a kid that we could we could as adults right. learn, learn from too. So it goes both ways, I guess. Right. Um but I wanted to bring that up really quick just before we run to transition into some of the stuff you've done, you know, in in movies and and TV and stuff like that too because weren't didn't you Jizza and Rizza? You both we both did uh weren't you in the segment of Jim Jarmusch, uh, the coffee and cigarettes? Yes, I was. Memories of being on set for that? Because Jarmusch is like an indie filmmaker, beloved guy in the movie community. But what was it like? Um, I can remember that. I can remember that better than being uh, recording 36 Chambers because <laughs> thir- it, it took a while to record 36 Chambers and it was recorded in different places. Yeah. It's Firehouse and then Firehouse in Brooklyn, Firehouse in Manhattan, uh, Rizzo's 36 Chambers in Staten Island. So we bounced around recording that so we kind of scattered but with coffee and cigarettes that that was in a restaurant downtown forget the name of it i guess they rented it out for the day it only took you know it only took a day for us to shoot that several hours maybe five six seven hours and it was fun we didn't have to go move around go outside unless you wanted some fresh air the lines were simple a lot of times we were improvising and and um jim is such a cool dude and, and um um Bill Bill Murray. I mean it, it was a fun time hanging out with him and just kicking it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well my favorite thing you you personally did on screen was uh well I I know Rizza did scored like the Kill Bill movies and stuff. You you guys have all of you guys have done different really cool stuff. But my favorite thing that you what? guys did was on Chappelle's show <laughs> with for the Wu Tang Financial and then of course the oh, yeah. the, the racial, racial draft, draft drafted by the Chinese yeah. delegation. Um man talk about how sort of you know it was, it was it was kind of ballsy and edgy to do at the time, but it, it was you you get to give the final the Kenichi one line, right? You get the final the mic drop yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> but how fun was it shooting yeah. that with Dave? And that was that was fun also. That was so much fun. I mean, Dave is a funny dude without even trying to be funny. I mean, he's he's he you know how, what kind of comedian he is. So it's not always about him 
he's not trying to make you laugh, even though it makes you laugh because he can, you know, he's just a, his mind and, and the way he sees things and speaks on them and put them into jokes and, 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 and won't laugh about it or won't deliver it. Like it's supposed to be funny, but it, it'll be funny as hell. And if it's not funny, when you're laughing like crazy, it's something that make you think like, damn, this dude, you hear what he just said, how he put that together, but just hanging out on the set because, you know, he smokes, he gets high. And I was smoking weed at the time. It was, it was just a fun time, just jokes, kicking it, you know, moving around, you know, checking out the set. And, and it's not the first time we hung out together. So we, we hung out several times together. So it was so, it was so much fun working with Dave. I wish I could I can do more stuff like that. You know? Well yeah, you never know. Just keep throwing your hat in the ring whenever they ask you. I mean you've done you did uh what the you voiced the thing on the Netflix, the animated Kippo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. You did uh there's the Hulu series Wu Tang and American Saga. Like you you show up you show up in places for sure all over still. I but did yeah Liquid Science. I don't Liquid know if you Science. saw that. What was Liquid Science? Tell me about that. Liquid Science is a show that was on um I think it was on Netflix or Hulu, one or the other. Um, it was 13 episodes of me just going around to universities and schools, meeting with scientists and, and engineers and, and finding out what they were doing. So we had the robotic bees. We had the uh, uh, hurricane simulators, 13 episodes. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to punch that in and fire it up and can't find what app that's on. That's, that sounds awesome. Does that, does it, was that related to your science? Um, what was it called? Battles? B-A-T-T-L-E-S, bringing no, attention? No, had, no, had nothing to do with it. Okay, but you, but, yeah. but the, the, I can tie the two together, at least, in terms of you've always, you've sort of always had an interest in science, right? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I still do, but not, not to the point where I actually wanted to go to school and study to be a physicist or astrophysicist or whatever. I just, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, science is a way of knowing and understanding yourself and your surroundings what's inside of you, what's outside, you know, it, it requires science and certain study to learn these things. And, and then some of the things are so fascinating to me, you know, it started like when I was younger, when, uh, when I was young, certain things just piqued my interest. And like, uh, like how, how do you, how can you make glass with sand? How does, <laughs> you know, how is wood not a conductor of electricity, depending on what form it is? But you're more likely to be struck by lightning than standing under a tree. You know how? Right. You know, what is that? Like, that. <laughs> yeah. like you know, it because because the tree is full, uh, full of water. The water is <laughs> a conductor. You know, but the baseball bat is it's not a conductor now because it's not in the form of a tree anymore. But it's holding a lot of water. You know, so you know what else is filled yeah. with liquid swords? Right. <laughs> Science exactly, factors right? into that too. <laughs> oh, that's exactly. that's hilarious. You know? That's hilarious. You know, just certain things that you ask yourself when you're young, as a, as a child, because that's what children do. And I just yeah. think, you know, science is just fascinating. Whether it's physics, biology, you know, um, and it's and and for the science, us incorporating what we're learning, whether it be science or math and our rhymes, it goes back to when we were young as teenagers. Rizzo had a rhyme one time when it started off like this. He said, as my mind flashed back to an eerie mood when I was just a sperm cell in the fallopian tube. That's how the rhyme starts. <laughs> he was about 14. 
He was about wow. 14 when he wrote this rhyme. Wow. And he's, he's explaining the, the struggle of even trying to reach the egg, how deep wow. and dangerous it is. And there was another part, because I don't remember the, the rhyme, word for word, but there was another part later in the rhyme. He says, because when I'm in the womb, I'm like a foreign object, just like a stranger walking through the projects. Whoa. That is some you deep know, thinking so, to write at a young age. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. He couldn't have been no older than 15 wow. at the time. So it was always part of, of what we were doing. You know, what we were learning. And even with a lot of MCs, I mean, a lot of, you know, if you go back to the olden days, you know, a lot of MCs is really saying something in the music or trying to teach something or trying to uplift someone and talk about the struggle and reflect on it in, in different ways. And, and, and we're not the only ones. Dudes was using, you know, G-Rat had a, he had a line in one of his songs, he said, he said, turn on your stereo and become radioactivated. Whoa. <laughs> he said, turn on your stereo and become radioactivated. Wow. But he, he was using, he was using science terms that represented dead. Wow, that's you true. Know? Science is with everything. I mean, see, man, you're a deep thinker. All of, I mean, Rizzo too, but yeah, I mean, you're all a deep thinkers. I, that's what I love about Wu Tang. Well, you've been generous with your, with your time. Uh, but before we run, I mean, I gotta say the, uh, the, uh, I, I live in Maryland, this town called Frederick, and uh, I just drove by a sign that said Wu Tang is forever, and. I know, and down in Rockville, uh, you know, rapper uh, Logic is from Rockville, Maryland, down the street, and he had the song you guys did Wu Tang yeah. Forever together. So that phrase Wu Tang Forever, I want to know why? Why is that? Why is the legacy still? It's almost like a, it's almost like a. I don't even want to call it a cult following. It's mainstream at this point, but like you know, why? Why is right, the legacy right. so going on all these years later? It's it's fascinating to me. But because I I, I think it's it's something that was different. It was mystique in his own way, you know? Uh, the whole thing of incorporating a, a Kung Fu or karate, which is a form of self-defense, you know, but it has certain principles and, and, and to it, of practicing and learning. I just think it was a whole, it was a whole package. We were all different MCs that had our own styles, different flows. Uh, we were all in the compo. We was incorporating mathematics in our songs, the lessons, biblical terms. It was just a, it was just a combination of everything that people just love and still love to this day. People ra raise their children on Wu Tang, and then the, the, the audience is still young. I mean, we have those that started with us, but then we have those that started with us, children and their children now. So I just think. It, it, it came at a time where it was needed and it was, it was such a different vibe and a different force that people just connected to it well and they still do you know they really do it's still around is wu-tang the greatest rap group of all time it's hard i mean we got nwa i mean it's hard it's hard but you're up there <laughs> um I, I you know i don't want to be biased so i i can't even I can't even answer that. I, I would, pro I, I can't. I won't say because that's a matter of opinion. Yeah. But I will say we, 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 I will say we probably got the strongest following, maybe the strongest following in any group in hip hop. You know. 
That's a good way to put it. And yes, Very there, strong have, there have been some great groups, you know, Public Enemy, NWA. I mean, there's been some groups, but it's, it's, yes. uh, and again, it's preference, it's personal preference, of course. But no, I can, we can say no one has, you, you at least are equal at the top. You know, no one has done it better than you all. Even Chuck D, even Chuck D said it. Chuck D from Public Enemy one time, he said, man, y'all following is unbelievable. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Well, hopefully that a bunch of that following will come out to uh, the city winery in D.C. Tuesday, yeah, yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. And any final things you want to say about the show? Like, uh, speak directly to the listeners. You know, come come on out, guys. It's gonna be a good time. Listen, just come hang out. Let's have fun. Drink some wine. Eat some dinner. Because city winery is a is a different setting. So, uh, and I will be with the band doing it. So, you know, I won't be with a DJ. I'll be with a band that I play with often, and it fits that setting for the candles, the lightning, the wine. The whole vibe is is is, is grown man style. It's grown up. <laughs> grown man style. It's, 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 a, it's a mature thing. Mature <laughs> event. It I really is. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, Jizza. It was it was great. You made me laugh a bunch with the nursery rhymes and, and science projects. It was just freaking great. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me, man. I'll see you soon. All right. We'll take forever. All right, brother. Peace. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.